0: Welcome to the Sunday Property Breakfast Special, brought to you by Keller Williams and your host, Adrian Jones. Every Sunday at 10am, there'll be a different property market topic discussed. And please don't forget, on the last Sunday of every month, join us on Facebook Live.
1: If you're getting a cab to an airport to go on holiday, there are certain things that you would do and there would be things that were just a given that you would expect, um, you would have booked your cab ahead. You don't book it on the morning of of your flight and you'd have your bags packed ready. You'd expect the cab to be on time. You'd expect the car to be comfy and to be suitable for the journey, the driver to be qualified. You'd be surprised if you had to fill up with fuel on the way to the airport. You'd be surprised if they changed driver on the way to the airport. You'd expect them to take the quickest and most direct route. And you'd expect some communication, you know, how are the roads? Are there any problems at the airport and all that sort of stuff? And you'd hope that they know where you're going, what time you're supposed to be there and why. So why, on something even more important than getting a flight on holiday, the selling of your house, do a lot of people not even do any of that preparation and do any of that work and make sure that the person taking them ticks most of those boxes? So, today we're talking about conveyancing, the, dare I say it, the M25 of the conveyancing world. And uh, I have with me one of my favourite cab drivers, uh, Robert Habits of Bates. Robert, welcome to the Sunday Property Breakfast. Afternoon, Adrian. Hello, everybody. So, um... I should actually get you to properly introduce yourself, because unless you've got a career that I am unaware of, <laughs> earning a clandestine <laughs> income to supplement your meagre conveyances' wages, um, you should actually let people know uh, exactly who you are.
0: Yes, thank you. Good afternoon. As Adrian said, I'm Robert from Bates Solicitors. Uh, Robert Habits at Bates Solicitors. Hello.
1: Um, and just so you know, we've worked together for, we've known each other for a while, but we've worked together since I set the business up. Um, you're one of the people I recommend for the reasons we're going to discuss you just get it done in what is a difficult world so starting with my and I'm going to drop the holiday driving analogy eventually but just starting (laughs) with that point um, in the same way you'd pack your bags why should a vendor prepare um, for selling before they've even found their buyer
0: well as you said Adrian conveyancing is the sort of the M25 the clog the the blockage that is sort of the the, the house selling and house moving process. Um, And people don't wake up one morning and decide they're going to go on holiday. Some people might do, but the same as people don't wake up one morning and realise they're going to sell their house. Um, So obviously you give it thought, you decide to stage your property, you decide to get the agents around to value it. But it's amazing how many people don't think, oh, I need a lawyer to do the work as well. And they leave that to the last minute. Whereas if you actually get engaged with the lawyer at the outset, a lot of the ID can be done. A lot of the paperwork can be completed. If there's things missing, you can get your boiler serviced. You can get that duplicate certificate that you need. You can get things in place. I mean, I read an article the other day that said, according to Rightmove, that average conveyancing times from the moment a property is agreed with the agent to so the moment the people get the keys and move in is 150 days at the moment yeah that, that's that's I months. see
1: 130 150 160 depending on it's the time crazy. of the week it's and absolutely crazy but it, and that should point out isn't from when something goes on the market unsold this is from when you know for if you lose terminology, a deal is agreed and and, and the sale is 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 agreed to go ahead so uh, a, a crazy figure I know when you, you're selling what I call a straightforward freehold house, I say this to my vendors because I try and get every single vendor legally prepared. They don't always follow, but the vast majority do. And, of course, most of them turn around and say, yeah, but I've got a straightforward freehold house. I haven't got a 16th century barn where the hunters are allowed to go through on the quarter days. Um, uh, so why is it really that complicated? But you know from convincing that the you know a straightforward property can still have... There isn't documentation. Anything, missing. There
0: is not anything such as a straightforward house. Every house you could have five houses on the same development down the same road. Think of Coronation Street. You could have all those houses being sold exactly the same time. Every single house, one of those would have a problem with something.
1: And it's not necessarily its legal entity, but its documentation, yep. its damp proof course, it's, exactly, its oil servicing, etc. Yeah. Okay. So how? So you've touched on it really. How does somebody prepare?
0: Basically, as soon as you think of even getting the agent round or once you've sort of assigned the agent to put the for sale sign up, get in contact with your lawyer. It okay. doesn't have to be me. I you know, would like it to be me, but get in contact with your lawyer. Get those things prepared. Find out what the quotations are going, like you would do building works or your estate agencies. Find out the reviews. Find Talk to people. Talk to your neighbours. Talk to friends and family, pe- people that have been through the process. The conveyancing process has changed so much in the last 20, 30 years. I've been doing it now for 12 years. In those 12 years, a lots of things have changed. And I think if you haven't done it for the last 10 years, Speak to people, speak to people and find out what it is and then get your quotes, find out who you like, you know, just because you might not be the most expensive or the cheapest. Can that person be contactable? What is your criteria for having that relationship? That person is representing you in the biggest sale and purchase of your life. We're not all multi-billionaires that have super yachts. Your house is your biggest purchase more likely than not.
1: And I think the point you make is good that you know, talk to people you know who've moved Um I think a great question is, would you use the same solicitor? A bit like, would you use your agent again? Yeah. Um, And so that's a key question. I think if uh, an agent recommends a solicitor, I think a very genuine question to ask, which I know somebody could ask me with yourself and anybody else I recommend, is do you get paid for that Mm -hmm. recommendation? Because there is then already... Even if that solicitor is actually really, really good, there's already another reason for doing that intro, uh, and I can genuinely say, you know, I only pass business to Robert and other solicitors who I know are going to get things done for me, uh, and obviously for the the owners and the buyers. Yeah. And in terms of the physical preparation, then, would if I was a vendor and I said, "Oh, I've just instructed agent to sell my house," he's told me to give you a call. Thank you for your quote. Um, he he recommends you. I think it's a good idea. Presumably, you just say to them. Um,
0: what do I need what do you need from me to sell my house exactly so I would then open the matter up on the case management system that most conveyances will have and then as the seller we would send you all the various property information forms which are bundles of documentation prepared by the law society tick box forms also the terms of business from the individual lawyer the client care letter setting out the fees and explaining who we are and what we're doing and basically send that to you saying there it is you complete that get it back to us when you're
1: ready how much time, I know there's no such thing as an average, but how much time would that save compared to somebody who says, Adrian's been marketing my house, we've now found a buyer, um, I want to instruct you, Robert, um, what do you need from me to sell my I house? I
0: would say you would be saved, if you did that before, if you did that before you, the memorandum of sale was agreed and things like that, and the offer was agreed, you'd be saving yourself about two weeks. The other thing I would add to that
1: is what you do with that delay is not only lose two weeks, but you lose all the momentum. So you've tried to encourage somebody to, to make an offer, an acceptable offer, uh, and be in a position to buy that house. And you've concluded that on a Monday morning, Monday afternoon. What you want is for that contract to be going out on the Wednesday, Thursday. Absolutely. I'm not expecting it to go out on the Tuesday morning. No. You know, we all have other commitments to do. But you'd expect it to go the Wednesday, the Thursday. Not two weeks later, that buyer has lost all the impetus, all the... Uh, we wouldn't put pressure on people. We'd say to you know, if you're going to buy this, be serious about it. Um, and we try and get our buyers to buy professionally for a month or two. They are buying that house as part of their job and yeah. part of their life. If the, if the you know the contract hasn't come out two weeks, you've lost all of that momentum. So yeah, exactly. I mean, I've lose- had two weeks, and then you lose momentum in the sale.
0: I've had cases recently where I've been waiting for contract papers to come in, and the mortgage offers arrived beforehand. So the lender's actually gone round and valued the property before anybody's actually sent me any paperwork. Yeah. Crazy.
1: Yeah. So, we've got the preparation done. We've talked about this. Everybody, every agent and conveyancer has talked about this for the last three years. And we've said, oh, the conveyancing system is rubbish, partly because of its antiquity, um, but also because, oh, well, it's post-COVID and there's, you know, one and a half million sales in a year rather than the normal million, 1.1. The resources are low because people are off, off with COVID and people have left the industry. We've now got a situation where... Vo- volume levels are actually a little bit below normal mm-hmm. but but then they're, they're not much below what a normal would be of around no. a million pounds million sales a year and we've got uh, you know no great absenteeism through nope. covid we've so those excuses have gone and yet i don't see any change <laughs> in the speed with your typical conveyance why do you think that is mr conveyancing Oracle? if
0: i had the answer to that i would not be sitting here i think it's as you said, the, the system is antiquated um, and, you know, it's the system that we've got. There's not a lot that can be done to change it. We are a very paper-based and very heavy process-driven pr- uh, procedure. However, having said that, I mean, you've mentioned staff shortages because of COVID, people being off long-term, sick, etc. cetera. Um, there has actually been an article produced by the Law Society recently that said that in the last 20 to 30 years, there are 50% less available conveyances now than there were this time 30 years ago. Oh. So... Yes, you might not have the same amount of volume of matters going through, but you've got less staff there to do it. So if you say on average there could be 5 million house sales a year and there were 300,000 conveyances to do that work, obviously, do the maths. Now you've got 5 million a year and there's only 150,000 conveyances. And I think your
1: industry suffers from the same problems in the estate agency industry that there are... and. Agents work in different ways to be the best agent they can. And we work in a more personal, less transactional business. Yep. But there are some very good agents who are very transactional and they are, and they, they charge what I would say is a proper fee for a proper service. But there are other agents um, who will remain nameless who charge a very low fee mm-hmm. because there is a perception that, well, you just bung it on the portals and it sells. We all know there's an awful lot more to it than that. Oh that it was that simple. (laughs) And I think the same issue is 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 within conveying that there is a feeling that that most houses are straightforward, they aren't 16th century barns in the middle of the country with easements and rights yep. of way, and therefore a conveyance can be done cheap. And, and I think your industry has suffered that you're a proper solicitor's firm, uh, modernised, but you're a proper firm charging what I'd call is a proper fee, for considering what you are buying for somebody, their mm-hmm. most important asset, and yet you're countered by people doing it online for... £90 uh, pounds plus that. Yeah, which, and I know they are often... Uh, quite um add-ons and things add-ons like which exactly. but it's still um and i think your industry is affected by that and yeah. i think as a result of that um you are paid less yes as both as individuals but you don't need to tell me what you're paid <laughs> you're paid less than your counterpart would have been 30 40 years ago, oh easily yeah and um, rata.
0: there has been a race to the bottom yeah and, the, and that needs to change the service has suffered because of that and yeah. that, that is one of the other problems as well yeah
1: and i th- and i uh, i would advocate this on from my side of the, of the story, that you get what you pay for with your agent. You absolutely get what you pay for with your conveyancer. Um, so we're not going to solve that problem overnight, uh, although we, we, could, we will talk later yeah. about... Uh, about a Maybe over a drink behind a bar. <laughs> so. Yes. Um, uh, while we're recording this, you may be watching this on Catch Up at, you know some way down the line when you realise what gems we talk about, but I'm right in the middle of Stoptober right now, and I cannot believe that Jack um, has put us behind a bar. <laughs> He, yeah thanks a lot for that I'll, one jack i'll pay you later jack. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> so um given all the problems you have um in in trying to keep this this uh mechanism moving and, and 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 quick what's the best way for a client once they've instructed you and they've given you all your paperwork and the, the wheels have started rolling what is the best way for them
0: to 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 deal with you and to communicate with you? I pride myself on giving my clients decent and effective communication. And that doesn't mean you're going to hear from me every day, every other day, but it does mean that when you hear from me, there is some news. I'm not one of those lawyers that sits there, writes an email one day, dear Mr. Jones, nothing to report, be in contact next week. And then a couple of days later, dear Mr. Jones, still nothing to report. That, that wastes time. It, it doesn't do anything and it just annoys people. The best way for somebody to get in contact with me is to is to either email, telephone, not WhatsApp, because obviously we don't have work mobiles and we don't like to give personal numbers out. But communication is so key and to be on top of things and to be aware of what the situation is. So it might not just be the client that I speak to, it'll be the estate agent, it will be the surveyor, it might be an agent further up or down the chain. But communication is so vital. And I find that if you're one of those lawyers that doesn't communicate with anybody, or one of those agents that doesn't communicate with anybody, people get so annoyed because it's a stressful process. I've been through it myself. It's, it's horrible when you don't know what's going on. But if you let one person know As long as that information remains accurate and gets filtered through, everybody's happy.
1: And presumably, uh, uh, not just communication, but also an expectation of when something might change. So, I'm waiting for such and such. You probably won't hear until Friday. Exactly. Um, And that's, I think, one of the biggest things. I've
0: ordered ordered your search results. I should... return time is next monday i'll be in contact if that changes and i'll be in contact yeah. when it's arrived thank yeah. you very much
1: i also realize i'm obviously in a very privileged position because i do have your whatsapp number you do have my um, WhatsApp. so if anybody uh, is struggling with their <laughs> conveyance with robert uh, let me know and i can provide you with his whatsapp number um and what's the best way it sounds like it's probably a similar question and a similar answer what's the best way for an agent to to work with you or indeed what's the worst way uh, for an agent to work <laughs> With a solicitor, you, you mentioned it
0: earlier with the fact that there are agents that are, you know do certain things to a certain fee, and shall we say they're the shiny shoe tassel shoe brigade, um, shiny suit, shiny suit.
1: Easy for me. you to say, yeah. Shiny
0: suit. Have you been drinking? Tassel shoe brigade. I wish. <laughs> um, and uh, you know they phone up every other day. Has there been any development? Has there been any development? Well, no. If there had been, I would have told you. And all that's doing is delaying the work on. not necessarily other matters, but is delaying. The work that needs to get done.
1: So lack of knowledge and understanding of what you're doing yeah. and dare I say it, I know uh, one other person I speak to quite a lot says there is one particular agent they deal with and all they phone up about is you know uh, can you let me know when the revised exchange date is so they can put it into their yeah. into their um, own sort of cash flow systems which is pretty pretty dreadful thing. So um, wearing um, a sort of a superior position um, of uh, you know how can we how can we change this if we had if we had that ability? <laughs> I've got something in mind that I've just been recently discussing with a, with a company. But have you had have, is, are there thoughts that you've got on how you could change things in the shortest term, or indeed in the longer term?
0: There has been talk recently, and I say recently in the last ten years, which is recent for the legal industry. Yes, you probably yeah. agree. Yeah, there um, is actually still a conveyance on your desk <laughs> from ten years ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> that um, there has been talk of e conveyancing. Um, okay. whereby things are sped up via either a, a law society e-conveyancing portal. I mean, it's it, you read one article and it says one thing, you read another article and it says it completely something else. Okay. But we are in an age now with portals, AI, etc. that there could be and there should be, I think, a way that the conveyancing process in this country can be dragged into the 21st century. What
1: about the idea of um, HIPS? But I think... I wasn't dealing with it at the time, and I think you were just you know, my scarily time. too young to be dealing with it, um, or, or you were doing something else. We actually, you were still a cab driver oh, before that. Um, yeah, uh, do, can you see the need
0: for a return to some of that basic
1: information that uh, I a, a think seller so. provides? I
0: think so. Yes, I mean the home information pack. The hips were, on paper, a good idea, just never worked. In practice, I don't know why, because it was just before my time. However, some of the remnants that we've got, like the Energy Performance Certificates, EPCs, the idea that the seller completes a property information form, gives details about the property. That's what we do now. It's just it's just gone from being in one document to being several documents. And yeah. I think that sort of, shall we say, a logbook for your car. You know, you take your car for a service, yeah. you get your piece of paper, or you used to, you put that in your file, and then when you came to sell your car, you would say, I've got a full service history, there you go. And yeah. somebody would go, thanks a lot. I'll read through that. I'll target the cars. It's all in order. Why don't we do that for a house?
1: Yeah, it, it, it's logical to me. I, I, with not working in the industry at that part of it at the time, I, I don't know why it failed. I don't know if it was poorly prepared or just people were adverse to the idea of some sort of you know collective homogeneity of of the, the you know the, the things you do. I would imagine that a lot of people in your industry are very different now to how they would have yeah. been um, years ago when, when hips was introduced. Can I throw an idea at you By um, uh, that uh, I've been talking to recently with a company who are um, and possibly working through Keller Williams and working with us to, to help develop it. And with us personally, actually through uh, a connection that, that uh, my colleague Candice knows they're looking at uh, what I would describe as a, a hub of transparency. Okay. So everybody involved in a sale, so obviously buyer, seller, um, any of the agents involved in that. It Mm -hmm. may just be, if it's a simple sale of one house to one person, it could just be one agent, but there could be other agents involved if there's more of a chain, both lawyers or every lawyer involved. And then after that, you then start to get the surveyor. Mm -hmm. And I said to them, they didn't realize, I said, actually, the removal company right towards the end of the transaction can become quite a key part of timings and dates for you know, when the legals are sorted, let's try and agree exchange and completion dates, they are a critical part of yeah. that. And all the sub-surveys and other service providers. How do you think, and not you personally, because I know you'd be happy to be transparent, but <clears throat> how do you think the industry would take to this idea that everybody... Is connected, not to see personal information and confidential information, but to see key documents
0: that see should where be there, things are, so to speak, and to
1: see where the responsibility lies for the next steps that are being taken.
0: I think it would certainly sort the wheat out from the chaff. I think you would find that there would be some conveyances and some, probably even estate agents, that pay a lot of lip service to things and don't get scrutinised on what they're actually saying. Blame culture. Potentially. Oh, it's there. You know, yeah. we're waiting it's, for that. It's not we're waiting that. for somebody exactly. else. Exactly. Okay. Um, and I think you would sort out a lot of that if there was sort of a, a algorithm or a portal that sort of did things. And I also think it would be useful to actually have that sort of, you know, rather than sending five emails to one solicitor or to your re- and then report to the client and things like that, you would have one platform that everything gets uploaded to. You send the link saying, dear Mr. Client, your report's ready, download it. Yeah,
1: because one of the, uh, the offshoots of that hub idea is that if I have then just been instructed by a couple to to sell their house, I can immediately just ping something on that same portal to you and the other lawyers who are in the area wanting to deal with that and immediately get, you know, the the vendor or in future the buyer immediately gets quotes for surveys, lawyers and anything else that's particular to that particular property. Um, I think that is, from a techie point of view, don't know how long that's going <laughs> to take. They tell me they are only a few months away from having something that could be workable. I think they would need to get a um, a volume of business quite quickly yep. for it to be a really workable solution. But I think you're absolutely right. If anybody wants to be accountable and transparent, if you don't want to be, well, you shouldn't be in the industry um, or you shouldn't be working for people if you're not able to provide a service and exactly. you're hiding behind things. Yeah. Robert, um, we could talk about this for a long time. We've talked about it a lot previously when, you people know, frustrations. Of, <laughs> well, no, they haven't. They always watch every single <laughs> second of the podcast. Um, thank you for that. It's really useful insight. I think whether it be right at the beginning, getting yourself prepared, how to talk to you, how to get the best out of all the people involved in yep. in the process, and hopefully a future that will make this system um, just a little bit more efficient and and more effective. I hope uh, another of our podcasts has been uh, of use and of interest to you. Commencing may not be the most exciting thing, but it's it's probably my biggest bugbear in the industry (laughs) um, and something that if we can just resolve it a little bit each month, each year and make it a little bit better, then it would make everything an awful lot easier in the business. Thanks again for watching the Sunday Property Breakfast. Um, It's been a delight to have you, Robert. Pleasure. You you can come back and talk about something else. I think actually you've got a fair coming in Uh in the next five minutes. So you better get get away. But um, thanks again, everybody. And we'll see you again soon. Thanks. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Property Breakfast Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. Please feel free to share if you know of anyone who could benefit from these exclusive market updates. And if you have a question that you'd like to ask Adrian directly, then you can find him via email at adrian.jones at kwuk.com. That's adrian.jones at kwuk.com. See you next week.